You are listening to the Delay and Pray podcast, episode number 18. Welcome to the Delay and Pray podcast, where certified Catholic and weight loss coach Beth Bubick teaches you how to permanently lose weight through spiritual fasting. Get ready to gain faith and lose weight through a joyful transformation of both body and soul. Now, your host, Beth, the Catholic Fasting Coach. Hello, everyone. I'm so excited about this podcast today. This one is going to be all about a book titled The Mystical City of God. And I'm telling you, if you have not read this book, you need to get it right away. This is The Life of the Blessed Mother, actually told by the Blessed Mother to a venerable. And I'm going to talk a little bit about that in a moment, but it is phenomenal. And this is private revelation, so you don't have to believe it. Um, But it is just amazing and it will change your life. I can guarantee you that. Well, I have a very special guest joining me in this discussion, and her name is Michelle Dunn. And, you know, we have been on the most beautiful spiritual journey since I started Catholic Life Coaching. She has become one of my most treasured friends and definitely one of the most interesting friendships that I've ever had, for sure, because we've never really personally met outside of Zoom and talking or texting on the iPhone. But we share so much in common, especially our newfound love of the Blessed Mother which is a story in itself. And I'll let Michelle tell you about, you know, her transformation and mine as well. Michelle and I met at Metnoia Catholic in their Catholic coaching program, which is amazing. And we ended up working for them for a time and started to connect through the community that they developed. Well, then I hired Michelle as a Clifton Strengths coach. And then she joined me for the Delay and Pray program for spiritual fasting for Delay and Pray, where she agreed to read and discuss this fabulous book that we will tell you about today. I cannot wait to share all this information with you on how the Blessed Mother can really propel you through your spiritual fasting journey way more profoundly and quickly by the reading of this book, The Mystical City of God. Michelle and I have been discussing this book on my membership site called the Keep Fasting Alumni Membership for about seven months now. And we've learned so much and have just literally fallen in love with this book and every word of its content as dictated by the Blessed Mother herself and written down by Venerable Mary of Agrita. And I'll put all of that information in the show notes in case you need it. So this book was actually gifted to me a year ago by my dearest friend and sister, Julie, and it has literally transformed everything I, about how I view and conduct my earthly life, really. I cannot thank her and recommend this book to everyone enough. Michelle and I will discuss a bit about this book and how it has transformed both our lives, especially in the way of being able to spiritually fast, which is truly about motivation and our thoughts. This book enabled me to let the blessed mother who I've always described as my best friend permeate every cell of my body and soul and lead me ever more closer to her son, Jesus Christ. I am even more in love with her now. I am reading it for the second time, and it is even more powerful this time around than the first. So let me introduce you to Michelle Dunn. 
She is a Catholic strengths and mindset coach. She's married to a retired lawman, has six young adult children, three grandbabies, and lots of local extended family in her local area. Michelle started coaching informally during her 10 years as a doTERRA business owner and quickly discovered her true calling to help women live intentionally and embrace a happier, holier life through the language of Clifton Strengths. A strength session with Michelle will help you claim specifically what is good about you so you can focus on your unique contribution to your family and the world. And I will put her information on the show notes for you. Her favorite tools are the Metanoia Catholic Daily 7 Journal and the Clifton Strengths Assessment. She believes that these two powerful vehicles create clarity around the question, who am I in this season of my life? Oh, that is so good. She helps women give themselves permission to fully step into who they were created to be without feeling boxed in. When she isn't coaching, Michelle is a book lover, a word nerd, a water skier, a wake surfer, and a dance in the kitchen kind of cook. See, don't you love her already? She also likes tea parties, family dinners at home, and theater performances. So now let me introduce to you Michelle Dunn. She's amazing, and you're going to love her just as much as me. Hi, Michelle. How are you? Hey, Beth. Oh my gosh. Well, Michelle, first of all, I want to thank you for your, your brilliance and attention to details in our study of the mystical city of God. It has been one of the most profound experiences I know of my life. I mean, I read it by myself last year, but there's nothing like reading it in a community and sharing with a friend. Mm. Yeah. I'll tell you, when you say profound, I think surprising. It's been one of my most surprising experiences oh, reading this Oh my goodness. Okay. So how we came about really doing this together was I was having a webinar and you were on it. And I had, I had said that we were going to read this book in our membership community. And you said, what is the book? And you chatted that to me and I chatted back. And then you had texted me like a month later and said, wow, this is really good. And then I said, how about doing a discussion with me? And you said you would. And I think you were intrigued because I called the Blessed Mother my best friend, and you said that you had a different story. You want to tell us a little bit about that? Yeah. You know, I remember many people in my over my lifetime saying that they had a particular devotion to our Blessed Lady. And I always thought, and I, I even put this on my Instagram, if you go there, you'll come across this video. And I said, I just don't get it because she's a perfect human with a perfect child. And I had six kids and my life was very messy and I was far from perfect. And I just didn't connect with her as my mother figure, as an example, or even as someone that I would become close to and have that. I mean, I, I was almost a little, um, little on the jealous side of when you said you had such a friendship with her. Mm. And so I decided that I would read this book and see if maybe I could work on that relationship because like any other relationship, our relationship with Christ, our relationship with the Holy Spirit, God, if you, if you don't tend it, it doesn't grow. And so when you said, do you want to do this book study? I jumped right in and I thought, yes, I'm going to try this. And I was surprised beyond all expectations. Yes. Yes. And I think 
Okay. So that, that's a great explanation because my relationship with the blessed mother started as a child. I have slept with the rosary all of my life since I can remember. I mean, since I was like five, all the way through college, my married life, my husband sleeps with the rosary. I mean, and my mother cultivated that and my mother's sisters cultivated that. And so I've always known of apparitions. I've always known about the blessed mother and I have always been close to her as just a, a beautiful figure who is a guide and provides graces. But what I didn't know until this, this beautiful book was really her emotions, mm. her emotions and, and her marriage to St. Joseph. I mean, her birth, her, the angels that accompanied her. I mean, just her life, her beautiful life, the choices that she had to make, just like you were saying, I'm not sure. I was as connected to her humanness as I was to her, you know, completely without sinness, if that makes sense. Like I, I did put her on a pedestal, which she should be. I mean, she should be, she wouldn't want that because she's so humble, but I, I just, I thought she was so reverent and so beautiful and always there for me that I cultivated this relationship. But now we're even more close because of her humanness that I saw through this book. Yeah. So Oh my gosh, there's so much to say, right? So the her humanity and her ability to understand her role in the salvation of humanity, that I think that's what really got me. I remember you describing her as fierce. And in the beginning of the book, even I kept looking for it and trying to figure out, okay, when does Mary show up as fierce? And in the second half of the book right now, I'm really seeing it in action. But even before that, her humility, we just talked about this too. Her humility is incredibly fierce because it takes the courage and the perseverance. She stands up to demons. And and that alone is such an example because we have to stand up to the demons in our everyday life. It's this everyday application that really kind of got my attention in her lifetime. Yes. And I I think this everyday application and her ability and humility to always go to God for permission to do whatever she was doing, even to go to St. Joseph for permission. Talk about knowing her role. She was fierce, but she was fierce through Jesus and through God and through the Trinity that's where her fierceness came from. I called her fierce, not even knowing that, just knowing that I know she crushes the head of serpent of, of the serpent. I know she tells demons where to go. I know she's the queen of heaven and earth. I know she's the queen of the angels. I mean, I knew all this intellectually, but I didn't know her as much as through this book as just this, oh my gosh, this humble, beautiful soul who was created just for this purpose and the Lord was constantly asking, will you do this? Will you do this? And she was constantly saying, yes, yes, yes. She was constantly receiving him. And I, that's what I found profound. And the words immediately show up over and over again. She was unquestioning, unflinching, completely trusting because she knows and knew in this book who God is and that she is his. Mm. And I think for myself, for my own understanding. I mean, I can I can feel that in my chest right now. Um, it, it's increased, increased my prayer life. It's improved my understanding of who I am in 
and for Jesus Christ in that personal relationship. And that, um, and that love is a person. Love is a person. And he was this little baby. And, and some of the things are kind of funny, right? In the, in the mystical city of God, we, we understand that Jesus begins to speak to Joseph in full sentences and comprehensible you know, dialogue at the age of one. And that's kind of funny. And we kind of joke about that. But also, we get to see him in his divinity in the form of this child who goes through stages in life. And Mary goes through those stages with him. And so I, I think that's true. When you say her humanity really comes alive in this book, and we just become so connected to her as a human, mm-hmm. as this beautiful, obedient, lovely woman. And we just talked about the word woman too, and, and how powerful that is, and how important that is right now in 2023 in the Catholic Church to understand the power of this humble and very quiet woman too. She retreated to her rooms to pray and prostrate herself, and she kept everything in her heart. And and I never understood that until we read this book. Mm. Never, because I have a tendency to talk a lot. (laughs) I love that about you. I love that. Yes. And so what's interesting too, is that Mary actually was she, she didn't talk when she was one, but she had the ability to, they, the Lord gave her the ability to, she like had all of the faculties and she was very progressed as a child. She was an honors child. So she, <laughs> yeah, so she, she had all this, but she didn't, she didn't show it. The Lord gave her special graces. The Lord furnished her with 10,000 angels upon her birth. So this book is so incredible because it really does talk about the infant life of both Mary, mother of God and Jesus. It brings Joseph in that is just so amazing. I had no idea that, that Mary and Joseph wanted to be consecrated to the Lord and that the Lord was like, yes, I will grant you that. And yet they were married. And so that is why, you know, the Virgin Mary was still virgin. And it's just, it it is just so beautiful how it all comes together. Like we have, it's like without this book, I had all these bits and pieces that I just believed I'm obedient. I'm good. I'm a good Catholic, but man, this, this book really put everything into perspective and Mm. the absolute power and majesty of the blessed mother and of Jesus and the power of God. And it also put Satan in his place too. He's on a short leash guys with God. You need not fear if you have Jesus and the blessed mother, you need not fear. So that's another thing I thought that happened. So let's talk about spiritual fasting and you have been through the delay and pray program. You, you use my journal, you receive coaching. Tell me what you've learned about spiritual fasting and how the book helps you. Oh my goodness. Well, the book reinforces everything you teach, first of all. I mean, we just read about how Mary is telling Maria Vagrata, don't lose sight of the sacraments. You need to make the best possible use of the sacraments. And you are the one who got me back to, or actually for the first time, to scheduling adoration. So I used to go to adoration just before confession. We have that before confession on Wednesday nights, and we've got a beautiful choir and all of that. But 
I had never signed up for a slot for adoration before. So that's something that that was new to me because of your prompting and because of reading this book. And the other thing that I've learned is that my thoughts lead to an overindulgence. And I, I mean, I've always known, I would always tell you I had a sweet tooth. But that overindulgence comes from a thought in my head. And usually it's when I can't figure something out and I feel a sense of frustration and I take a break and I go eat something sweet. So I had never connected those two things before. And that's a, that's a really important connection just to know, oh, what am I feeling and why? Huh, mm. what am I thinking and why? And connecting those two with diving into a, a bag of, you know, kettle corn or something and Yeah. And so so when you're when you're going to do something challenging, um, and your mind says, Hey, this is challenging, what would help is we'll get a little dopamine hit off mm-hmm. of some kettle corn. We'll do that, you know, how can it hurt? But if you're fasting and you're especially delaying sugar flour and alcohol until Sundays, then you have to sit in discomfort and you, your thought has to kind of shift over to wait. I delay sugar, flour and alcohol till Sundays. And then your body is going to rebel a little bit because it really likes that, that nice, well-worn neural pathway of comfort of, you know, whatever the, whatever the sweet is. And Mm -hmm. so then that's when you sit in discomfort and you're really aware of your thoughts. And that's really, really beautiful. The one thing we, we learned um, you're a strengths coach and you're also really good at the temperaments. We did learn that Mary and Jesus had absolutely 100% equal temperaments. Mm. And so they had consequent emotions, which means all their emotions were passed through reason. And it's funny because as I'm watching the chosen, I said this on the last podcast, I like to pick out consequent antecedent and indulgent emotions between Mary and Jesus and then all the apostles and all the people. Um, it's kind of a fun little exercise, but we, we did notice that, that, you know, they're, they're even tempered. That's, that's where that comes from. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. So the spiritual yeah. fasting helps us become even tempered. It helps us to temper our emotions a little bit and to be able to have these self-denials. So we will sit in a little bit of a discomfort and we can actually feel it, realize it's just an emotion. It's just a vibration in our body. It will pass and you can fast. And so, you know, that's, that's really interesting. And I think what the book does is it gives us just this motivation, this inspiration that the spiritual realm is so real and it is so just, it's just whirling around us though we can't see it. The Eucharist is so real. The sacraments are so real. In fact, the sacraments are so efficacious, help us so much that after the crucifixion and the ascension, Satan and his demons were so upset that at one point they said, this is what we'll do. We will try to get everyone to not realize how important the sacraments are. We'll try to divert them away from the sacraments, divert them away from church, and just kind of you know, uh, distract them with all kinds of other things. And isn't that happening right this moment? (laughs) Yeah. 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 And I I like how you brought up the fact that, you know, even with COVID, that's even changed how we do things a little bit more. We've become so accustomed to 
you know, being comfortable mm. and hanging out in our pajama pants and our slippers. And that comfort and ease is something that you can quickly fall into. And it can quickly become a problem because what I love about some of the things I've learned from Mary, her intercessory prayer, and I connect that with, with you and learning this through your program, Beth, is that when we pray and delay, we're delaying with intention, we're delaying with purpose. And when we pray for other people, that intercessory prayer is so powerful. I did not understand that before reading this book, and I certainly didn't understand it before I met you. And putting the two together is like, it's like a double, you know, a double dose of clarity on what that means and how you can, what, how powerful our prayer for other people's, other people really can be. I just, I think it, I think it speaks to a core wound. I think we said this yesterday in a conversation. It speaks to my core wound of I'm unimportant. And so all of these things, also my connectedness is really kicking in here. And I'm like, oh, pray and delay and mystical city of God and Mary's ability to delay food, but also to intercede powerfully, even for people who seemed lost. Judas, she prayed for Judas right up into the end until it was clear that he had chosen his perdition, mm -hmm. his path, you know? And so it reminds me that no, I don't know, no one is ever lost and that my intercessory prayers, I used to think, oh, who am I to do that? But I know who I am. I'm like Mary. I'm going to follow in her footsteps. And now through this book, I really understand what that looks like. Her example is so powerful. So powerful. And I love what you said, because we can actually pair our prayers with the Blessed Mother and Jesus, and we can petition God for these breakthroughs for others. We are co-redeemers of souls. We can step into that role actually fiercely with you know, the, with the intercession of the blessed mother and Jesus Christ. And we're powerful. We don't, I don't think we know how powerful we are as long as we have that foundation of the sacraments, as long as, you know, we're keeping ourselves on more of a virtue cycle and getting off that vice cycle, which honestly, as you know, in my program, the sugar flour and alcohol, if you get addicted to them in some way, and I'm not talking about being an alcoholic either. I'm talking about a person who needs one or two glasses of wine a night or, or, or when the sports are on somebody who, who, who basically, if somebody asks you, if you can fast today, can you, can you be mm -hmm. like, okay, I'm going to give up my lunch today and I'm just going to eat some cucumbers and a plain salad, or can I delay alcohol until Sunday for this person? you know, that we should be able to do. I think the other thing that's so beautiful about this book is not only does it stoke our imagination, it really excites the imagination and our imagination drives our emotions. So it's great fodder for great imagination. It's, it's good stuff, yes. right? Puts us on that virtue cycle. But the thing is, it says in there that Jesus loves our resolutions Mary loves our resolutions. And even if we don't go through with them, even if we just have an intention, like, oh, I'm going to fast today for my son. And then you accidentally eat a cookie and you're like, oh no, or two or three. He, he loves you in your poverty. He loves that, that you just made the intention and then you try again the next day. And then you try again the next day. And then you try again the next day until you get it. Because we're on, all on a trajectory. It's not easy. Yeah. You know what, Beth, that's one of the things that I'm really grateful for in your teaching is that you always hold the two together. You always hold the road to perfection 
and and the intention as equally important because God does accept our intentions. And I I like how you go back always and point out there's no falling off the wagon. No. There's no wagon here. Yeah. That was one of the first things you said to me that I that I remember. I wrote it down in the journal and I said, Oh, that's so important for me to understand because otherwise you wind up beating yourself up. And then what was the phrase of um when Peter didn't let Jesus wash his feet? Oh, but we beat ourselves up unnecessarily along that road to perfection. And it's just baby steps. And if you mess up, you mess up and you just start again. You get up and start again. In fact, it's the enemy who wants you to stay down. Right. It's Jesus who says, okay, come on, get back up again. We're going to go again. Oh, that's so good. And you bring up St. Peter who was Uh, he is our model for starting again. He was always questioning Jesus. He was always like, oh, I don't think we should do that, Jesus. (laughs) To the point where Jesus had to say, get behind me, Satan, right? I mean, that's, he was always, always second guessing him, walking away. He could be our model for like spiritual fasting is that we're trying so hard, but we're falling down as well. But I I did want to say, um, when you mentioned that part about the the foot washing that Jesus washed the feet of the disciples in the actual book, I, I just want to tell you that I learn so much every time I read this book. I, I'm on my second time, but every time I read every word, like I want to hang on some words and it, it's so important. But I was working out um, a couple of weeks ago and I was reading, I, I wasn't reading, I was listening to the podcast. By the way, there is a podcast. Father Edward Looney has a podcast called The Mystical City of God. And I'll put it in the show notes. It's great to listen to. And then Father Looney has, you know, his little comments and explanation about it at the very end. I was listening to him working out at the gym. I was on the treadmill. I had somebody on my left, somebody on my right. And all of a sudden he's talking, he's actually reading the book because it's, 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 you know, mystical city God in a year and he's reading it and the Lord washes Peter's feet. They go through the talk of Peter saying, you know, oh, don't do my feet, Lord. And then he says, I must. And then, oh, you should do more. And then Lord goes, no, just let me, just let me watch your feet, (laughs) Peter. But then the institution of the Eucharist comes later. And, and, and what happens is really the, the washing of the feet is for venial sins. It's, it's, it's confession. All the sacraments were instituted on Holy Thursday night. So he was giving them a confession almost before the, the venial sins before the, the, they took the Eucharist and yeah. I'm walking on the treadmill and I go, it just dawned on me and it was just so huge. And I threw my hands up in the air and I go, oh my gosh. And then I slammed them down on the treadmill. Like, I can't believe it. And I said again, oh my gosh. And the two people, I had my earbuds in. And so the two people on either side were just like, oh my, what's happening to this woman? <laughs> and I kind of said yeah. to both of them, I'm good. I'm good. But, um, I, Spiritual fasting is deep. This book is deep. The spiritual realm is so deep. We're never going to reach like the final stage. It's just, it's just one step at a time on this trajectory towards sainthood. And it's so beautiful. And this book helps me with my imagination because I know it's worth it. Stepping into the small discomfort that I feel by delaying this food and alcohol is just nothing compared to what Jesus Christ did and also the Virgin Mary and what God has in store for us in eternal life. And I, I just, it, it just helps me so much. And I think Beth, those words enter into that we were saying today, 
that's it. it. This book doesn't answer all the mysteries that are proposed in the Bible. There are so many things in the Bible that we're, we are kind of like, wait, what? I don't quite get that. And, and I kept thinking it was going to flesh everything out. And it does kind of flesh everything out. But the mysteries that we enter into are the reality. And we don't have answers for everything. But it's the entering into the experience. It's the entering into the suffering and and even entering into the prayer and fasting that we're not fully convinced we can do. We don't know we can do it until we do it. Until we do it. And it's all the things together, right? That entering into phrase is powerful today. Oh, I love that phrase that you you actually offered up today. Entering into the ability to hold both sorrow and joy. And that is the key. That is this book because you have Christ being crucified in one chapter, but then the chapter before they're, they're telling us how the shoes of Jesus grew with his feet. Yeah. His tunic actually grew with his body and that Mary never perspired. And she, it, it has these little nuggets that you're like, what? This is happening. Yeah. I mean, of course it's happening. The Lord can do anything. He's miraculous. He he rules it all. He does it all. And I think what he does is he gives us, you know, this little these little bits of like, you know, a story like the Lord of the Rings. It's it's just like we use our imagination and we see the sorrow, but we see the joy and we see the fun and we see we see it all, all the human emotion, all the emotion balled up into one and all he's asking for is obedience. He's just, he's just saying, you may not understand, you may not, Mm -hmm. but if you could just obey, if you could just obey. Yeah. And in that request for obedience, he send that, he sends to us abundant help. And that's, I mean, I wondered why Mary was so surrounded by angels, but throughout the story, you see that she's constantly sending an angel out Mm -hmm to help someone, or they're taking her to James when he's beheaded. It just, of course she has all these angels because she's constantly interceding for us. Mm -hmm. She's constantly supporting us in our desire for obedience and in our longing for relationship. So it makes perfect sense that she has thousands of angels at her disposal. And so we have to remember that in that obedience, in that challenge, And entering into this fasting, praying, delaying, reading this book that seems unreadable because it's huge, right? We've got all these supports and helps, and they're always available to us. Always, always available to us. And she is always there for us. And this really makes the Hail Mary prayer, uh, the Our Father and the rosary come alive. I've started to say that three times a day as well. I've started the liturgy of the hours because of this book. It has really just propelled me into the spiritual life and really does help the delay and pray immensely. And I don't know, it's just been a great ride with you, Michelle, with this book. It has been as beautiful for me as for you. And plus just sharing your friendship. I have to tell you all that you, Michelle and I would be texting each other after like, a, a, we'd, we'd go to church and there, the gospel would be there like around Christmas. And then I got this text from Michelle. Oh my gosh, the gospel doesn't even, that gospel doesn't even touch about what's happening because in the book, it just describes every single detail, the angels, the infant Jesus talking to Mary right at the birth, the actual birth of the infant Jesus. I, I mean, and by the way, you know, again, this is private revelation, 
Uh, I'm choosing to believe it because I think it's amazing. And why not believe all of this, every single part of it? But I do want you guys to understand that it has been approved for Catholics to read without danger to their faith and without damage to the purity of morals and to conclude that it would be most useful for enlivening and augmenting the piety of the faithful, the veneration of the most holy virgin and the respect for the sacred mysteries. And that's actually off. Um, it's off like the, the website of that. So, and the nun who wrote it is amazing. And we've both looked her up, Michelle and I, and she's actually credited for the conversion of 10,000 Indians. And she's on her way to sainthood. She's a venerable right now, but it's just, it's just beautiful. And I, I urge everyone to take a look at it and actually use it in their spiritual fasting to just fuel your efforts and your prayer life. And it will work for you. Any parting comments, Michelle? Mm. Well, I just, I think it's a credit to your teaching and to the intercession of our great queen. I, I remember my dad trying to instill a habit of praying the rosary in our family and it kind of never stuck. And then I tried to do it with my family I can tell you that since September, Beth, when we started this book, when I started my friendship with you, I have not missed a single day of praying the rosary. And it's not a chore. It is such a gift and such a blessing. Oh, I love that. I love that, Michelle. And I oh, I think that's amazing. And you can credit my mom and my aunts, <laughs> my dad. I can remember my dad on his knees saying the rosary before bed. So yeah, Catholic families. That's, that's what we need right now. And, um, this book will help and you have done so much with me for strengths as well. So if anybody out there needs a strengths coach, get a hold of Michelle on Instagram and Michelle, can you tell your handle? What is it? It's Michelle Dunn. And that's with an E. My husband says we paid extra for the E. So it's (laughs) Michelle Dunn with an E underscore strengths. Wonderful. It's a mouthful. It is. But I'll put that in the show notes. Not a problem at all. Well, Michelle, you are a dear. Um, We will meet someday in person. And um, this has been so fun. We have two months left, and um, but our friendship is everlasting, and we will surely do some other project because I know what you have waiting in the wings. Nobody else does, so um, I'll have to have you <laughs> I'm on. Not a, even sure. <laughs> yeah, well, I think you do, but I'll have to have you on again when you have that all figured out. Absolutely, yes, yes. Oh, Michelle, it has been so great having you on this podcast and sharing your story of the mystical city of God and what it has done to your life. And it has done so much for mine as well. And just knowing you has just been such a gift. And I just want to thank you for that. And also when it comes to spiritual fasting and weight loss, you know, you, the blessed mother is there for you. Jesus is there for you. They are there to intercede for us and to help us to do as best as we can and to make it and delay sugar, flour, and alcohol to Sundays. So this is a beautiful thing. And, um, I hope you enjoyed this podcast, everyone. And if you did, please subscribe and even leave a five-star review if you wouldn't mind so that others will hear the great message of spiritual fasting. We need to get healthy. We need to lose weight and get back to the sacraments this year. We need to defeat the devil when he's trying to trying to dissuade us from doing the sacraments. We need to get into that church and live our best life. The answer is in the church, my friends. Have a great week. I will talk to you next week and may God bless you and keep you always. 
Hey, if you're interested in learning more about spiritual fasting and permanent weight loss, then come join my course, Delay and Pray. It's a 12-week guided course for weight loss through spiritual fasting. And you won't go through it alone either. I will be there to coach you every step of the way. There's two options to choose as well. Private coaching with me or join the group coaching program to join an amazing group of like-minded Catholics who have the same goal as you, to lose that weight permanently through spiritual fasting. Both options include the same amazing online course detailing what spiritual fasting is, how to do it, and all the tools you need to get you the results you're longing for. So head over to my website right now, thecatholicfastingcoach.com, and get the details on how to join. And don't forget to follow me on Instagram, Facebook, and LinkedIn as well to always get the latest daily information to keep you fasting, my friends. Can't wait to see you in there. May God bless you and keep you always. Always.